Trying to fight off the urge to restrict or body check when you're already in an emotionally intense or vulnerable state without having any plan in place ahead of time is like being told that you have to get to the other side of the pool faster than Michael Phelps. Defeat is pretty much all but guaranteed. But when you know a barrier is going to try to keep you from reaching your goal, you can plan ahead and intentionally put strategies in place that can help you win that war. With Michael Phelps, for example, what if you acknowledged that your lack of speed and arm length was a limiting factor against Michael's breaststroke, but instead of trying to will your body to move faster or to grow longer, you instead realized that your challenge was to beat him to the other side of the pool, but that no one ever told you that you have to swim in order to get there. It changes the game completely. You can now come up with a consistent way to get to the other side faster. Maybe it's on a jet ski, or maybe it's simply jogging down the perimeter of the poolside. Now your defeat is no longer guaranteed. Hey, my name is Brittany Braswell, and this is the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast. And in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through a simple strategy that can help you know exactly what you're going to do the next time you're faced with a Michael Phelps-sized battle on your food freedom journey. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyful Eater Podcast. If you've ever attempted to fight eating disorder urges in the moment, but you haven't planned ahead of time how you're going to go to battle against them, then you probably know what I'm about to say. Doing this and trying to do this every time a desire comes up to restrict or binge or over-exercise or isolate, it's only going to leave you more vulnerable to giving in to those potentially dangerous behaviors, and you're often going to be left feeling guilty or ashamed after engaging in them. One of my sweet clients came to me struggling with binging, and she was really using binging as a means for comfort. This had been happening for at least twice a week for something like 20 years. And by the time that her binges started, she was so mentally overwhelmed and her emotions were so heightened that she struggled to think rationally or to make recovery-focused changes. And when she would try to figure out how to cope in the moment, nothing ever felt like it would be as helpful as binging. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to fight off some kind of negative urge? Maybe it's towards body checking and you tell yourself, you know, I'm not going to get on the scale, but then you do it. Maybe it's restricting a certain type of food or food group and you think, oh my goodness, now that I'm in this moment, I don't know what to do. And it just feels overwhelming. Well, this client told me that she would always feel just so out of control during a binge And then she would berate herself afterwards for not feeling like she was quote unquote strong enough, right? Not strong enough to keep it from happening or not strong enough to stop herself mid binge. 
but I want you to know that you can feel less afraid of those different types of disordered urges because you can have the confidence that you're equipped to overcome them. Now with this specific client, after just one month of working together and using the strategy that you are about to learn, she reduced her binge frequency by almost 90%, going from eight to nine binges a month down to one or less a month. That is incredible. And I want to pass along this strategy to you today because you can start implementing it immediately, okay? Now, what do you think has been getting in the way of you being able to fight off disordered urges? For most people, it's often the the desire to put off discomfort. Maybe it's discomfort in not knowing what to expect or discomfort in what it might feel like to try something different. Maybe discomfort in letting go of something familiar. But I want you to hear me when I say familiar doesn't necessarily equal better. And familiar doesn't equal safe. And familiar doesn't equal change. Change equals change. So let's focus on one simple strategy that you can start implementing today in order to start creating real and lasting change. This strategy is called a go-to move. Your go-to move is your first line of defense against disorder thoughts and behaviors. It's the strategy that you're going to immediately default to when an urge to engage in something disordered or unhealthy arises. Okay, so it doesn't mean it is the only tool in your toolbox that you can use, but you've got to have something to default to so that when you're in that moment, when you have those heightened emotions, when you don't know what to do, you're not trying to think about what to do. You have an automatic default or a go-to. So here's what this looks like. Dirk Nowitzki is a former NBA player, and he played his career with the Dallas Mavericks. He was and still is a phenomenal basketball player. And one of the reasons for that is that he practiced and prepared not just to make shots, but to overcome defenders. Because, as all NBA players know, he knew he was going to be blocked. Right? He didn't just practice free throws, layups, dunks, three-point shots. He practiced making those shots when someone was in his way, trying to keep him from making a goal. He knew that to get the ball in the basket, he'd need space to shoot. So he aimed to perfect one of the hardest shots in basketball because he knew it was the kind of shot that consistently put space between him and his defender so that he'd have a better chance of succeeding in his attempt to score and ultimately to win the game. What is this one move? The one-legged fadeaway. A fadeaway involves taking a shot while jumping backwards. And Dirk took this an extra step by doing this typically on one leg. Now, this type of shot gets you further away from the basket, but in doing so also gets you further away from whoever's blocking you in order to make the shot a whole lot harder to block. Now, most NBA players only attempt a fraction of the number of fadeaway shots as Dirk, because they're so difficult to make. Unless you're Dirk Nowitzki and you've made fadeaways your bread and butter during practice. Now, if you are familiar with Dirk at all, or if you're not, know that he's about two feet taller than me. Okay, I'm I'm like 61 inches. Dirk is literally seven feet tall. But he didn't rely on the fact that he was so tall. And I'm pretty positive he never thought to himself, I'm sure I'll come up with something in the moment that'll make Sergey Ibaka or Steve Nash back down, right? All of these other very tall 
very well-equipped NBA players. Because Dirk knew that in every single game he played, someone was going to be trying to block him. It was always going to be someone else's job, not just a coincidence. It was their job to try and keep him from the goal. And this is just like the enemy of God. Satan doesn't want you to recover. He doesn't want you walking confidently in your purpose or your calling. He does want you to stay discouraged. He wants you to think you're broken. His job is literally to keep you from growing closer to God and from leading others to him. And that is why you need a go-to move in your arsenal so that you can have a consistently effective strategy to focus your thoughts and strengthen your ability so that you can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Now, over the course of his career, Dirk Nowitzki scored over 31,500 points. 31,560, I think, is exact. And a large percentage of those came from successful fadeaways. He's even been deemed to have one of the best fadeaway shots in NBA history. Now, what strategy are you willing to practice over and over again so that you can fight off the enemy and fight off the attacks against your recovery? You need to create your own go-to move so that when the enemy attacks by maybe trying to make you believe that you're not good enough or that it's no big deal that you hate your body because it's just a normal thing, you're not only going to be able to recognize those lies, but you'll be ready to go to battle against them. So how do you come up with your own effective go-to move? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to give you a really simple four-step process for creating your signature go-to move. And if you are anything like me and you like to take notes, make sure to check out the show notes from today's episode and you can grab the handout that goes along with this. It's a really simple printout that you can use to keep on hand, put somewhere that you're going to see it frequently so that you have that reference of what you want to do for your own go-to move. All right, step number one. You need to write out some of the most frequent, disordered, or negative thoughts that come up for you on a daily basis. So maybe it's something about your body. Maybe you think, I'm never going to be at peace with my body. Or my body needs to be different in order for me to really be loved and accepted. Okay? Think about what those thoughts are. If you need to pause the episode right now and you want to do it in this moment, fantastic. Work as you go. Pause it. Write some of those thoughts down. Just brain dump them. What are those ones that are impacting you the most and coming up all the time? Step number two, look really closely and try to determine the underlying key themes of those thoughts. So as you're looking through them, start thinking, maybe it falls along the lines of fear and you go, okay, oh, this is a, this is really a fear-based thought. What am I afraid of? Right? Or maybe you go, hey, this really has to do with feeling lonely or isolated or not having community. Maybe it's feelings of hopelessness or worthlessness. Okay. So, so look, you may notice multiple themes show up, but look and see which ones are recurring the most. All right. Do that now. If you have a chance, step number three, list out some words or phrases or better yet scriptures that you're confident are true, that are going to directly combat the lies that you've been believing. If in step number one, you jotted down five or six different thoughts. Go back, look at those themes now that you have done that in step number two and figure out what are, what are the themes, right? So let's go with the example of fear, right? If you know fear is something that's, that has been holding you back or that's a key theme, go through and look for a verse or a phrase, a fact that you know combats fear. 
Okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I'll give you a specific example. So the first, um, the first one I gave you for step number one was I'm never going to be at peace with my body. All right. We've got to combat that fear. So we can go to scripture in John 14, 27, and it tells us how Jesus gives me peace, right? If one of your thoughts has to do with how you're not loved or you're not accepted, John 1, 12 tells us I am a child of God. If you feel like you will always be alone or that you are, no one is ever going to understand or that God isn't with you all the time, that he's only there in the, in certain moments, Maybe you pull up Jeremiah 31 verse 3 that tells you, I am and will always be loved by an everlasting God. Okay, so spend some time and don't just write down an affirmation. This is where so many people get off track because they think, okay, I've just got to tell myself these really nice things to help make me more confident. And maybe this is yourself, right? If you can talk yourself into believing something, you can also talk yourself out of it. So you can't just say, I'm strong, I'm compassionate, I'm resilient. It's not that those things aren't true, but you've got to have a truth to stand on that you are confident in. And you also have to have something that's not just true, but that directly combats whatever the lie is. Okay, so pause now if you have a chance and go ahead and do that. And step number four, I want you just to take one or two of those truths that you wrote out. Don't overwhelm yourself by trying to have a big long list. Choose one or two and write them out on a note card or a sheet of paper. Once you've written them out, commit to keeping them somewhere that you'll have quick, easy access to on a daily basis. So if your lie that you combated was um, was about peace, right? I'm never going to be at peace with my body. And the scripture that you came up with to combat that is, Jesus gives me peace, right? That's not the full scripture, but you can read that in John 14, 27. You may write out the full scripture. You may write out the truth that comes from that scripture. Whatever it is, pick one or two. Maybe you take a picture of it on your phone, or maybe you keep the actual sheet of paper with you in a wallet or in a jacket or somewhere on your desk or up on a wall. But choose one or two and keep them handy. Now, if you're driving or doing laundry or you otherwise have your hands occupied, just remember to save this episode and come back to it again later so that you can, again, come back to that link in the show notes and you can can download the free resource. I'm also linking there, and this is where you'll find the resource, just a short little blog type summary that I wrote up to help you, again, just understand what a go-to move is. And then you can find that downloadable on the same page so that you can use it Put it in practice in your own life, in your recovery journey. You can grab that link in the show notes or just head straight to brittanybraswellrd.com slash JFE12. And that's JFE for Joyfield Eater 12. And you can access the blog and your free worksheet there. So if you want to stop feeling so frustrated and instead feel confident that you can go to battle against those destructive thoughts and behaviors, you truly need a go-to move. So what is your version of a fadeaway look like? And what are you willing to commit to right now in order to start seeing real change in your recovery? I want to challenge you wherever you are. Stop and say aloud to yourself, I'm committing to creating and implementing a go-to move. Did you say it? (laughs) Pause this again if you need a chance to stop and say it. 
I am committing right now to creating and implementing a go-to move. And then just to help seal it in, give yourself a date and a time that you are committed to completing it. When are you going to prioritize the five or 10 minutes that you need to read that short blog, download the worksheet and put pen to paper? Decide that right now and then tell somebody. If you don't tell someone who can and will hold you accountable, you're much less likely to follow through. So again, as long as you're not driving, text, call, or tell someone face-to-face when you'll be working on your go-to move and ask them to check in with you to make sure that you did it. And bonus points here, once you come up with your go-to move, take a picture of your worksheet or this podcast episode, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag me so that I can cheer you on myself. Having a non-negotiable default move can relieve so much stress and frustration when you're not having to decide what to do in a moment of emotional vulnerability or struggle. And when you know what your recovery-focused default or go-to is, you'll have an automatic place to start to help you redirect your thoughts from lies to truth. So do it today. Commit to this one small change and see what kind of difference it can make for you. Head to the show notes, grab that worksheet, and commit to your go-to move right now. Thank you again for spending your precious time with me today, and I can't wait to see you share your new go-to move with me on Instagram. Until next week, friend, may you be filled with joy and abound in hope. Odds are, if you're hearing my voice right now, you might be a Christian woman who feels like food and nutrition are too complicated and that you'll have to struggle with negative body image for the rest of your life. And this podcast is here to help with that. On this show, I'm going to be sharing everything I know and continue to learn about how to cultivate a joy-filled and peaceful relationship with food in your body. But let's face it, it would take me years to share that kind of knowledge and strategy with you here through our free weekly episodes. And the thing is, Food freedom can be a really isolating process when you try to go it alone. So if you've been wanting to add some fuel to the fire on your path to food and body peace so that you can start seeing more confidence and improved physical and mental health now, I invite you to consider joining the Joyfield Eater Live. This is the high-touch coaching program that I've created to educate and coach Christian women like you, and it's how dozens of women have stopped hating their bodies or looking to the scale for validation. Through this program, you'll get the blueprint and step-by-step process that you need to reach your food and body freedom goals, along with the accountability required to light a fire under you to implement what you've been learning and take some much-needed action. You'll also get live coaching from me personally every single week. Plus, when you join, you get immediate access to on-demand and live bonus trainings from therapists, Christian authors and speakers, strength coaches, and others so that you can better approach your physical and mental wellness holistically. You'll also join a community of other Christian women who are already eating more intuitively and are ready to help you do the same. So yes, you can absolutely rely on the episodes of this free podcast to help you ditch diet culture and start seeing some results on your own food freedom journey. Or you can fast track your path to freedom and do it in a way that's much more enjoyable and that will help you to be full of confidence as you take your next steps. So if you're ready to commit to getting rid of food rules and not letting the scale dictate the trajectory of your day, then click the link in the show notes and fill out an application and you'll be on your way to joining the Joy-Filled Eater Live. I'll see you inside the program.